In this super special episode, I conduct my first ever Cross Yas roundtable discussion with previous Cross Yas podcast guests Adelina, Megan Rains, and Kelly Mason. These roundtable discussions will possibly be a monthly thing where a group of guests will discuss a cross-dressing, sexuality, and or gender-related topic. And this month's topic, we talk about the gendering of toys for children, with the crazy commotion surrounding the loss in title of Mr. and Mr. Potato Head, I figured what better way than to talk about it in a round table format. It's about an hour long discussion that I'm sure you'll find enlightening because, well, everyone's got an opinion. And these lovely ladies share theirs here on episode 96 of the Cross Yas podcast. No real introduction required, and we're just going to go straight into the round table discussion. So, shall we just get started already? Yas! Yas, yas, yas! Yas, 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 yas! Cross, yes, podcast. Which is Elm here, so. Yas! Yas! Yas, 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 yas! Yas, yas, yas. Cross, yas, podcast. Round table discussions. Fuck, was I muted the whole time? Son of a bitch. Okay. Yeah, we, we thought we thought maybe Craig assassinated you. <laughs> we were being a little overly patient. I'm like, I, I know like I was this like, is on my end. <laughs> I was like, working out the kicks. Sorry. This is like, am I supposed to introduce myself? <laughs> Just awkwardly. Uh, I'm talking to myself. All right. This is like one of those Zoom calls. All right, we'll start. <laughs> we'll start again. All right. Welcome to the first ever Cross Yas podcast roundtable where we'll talk about a cross-dressing, sexuality, and or gender topic in a roundtable discussion format. It's the first ever roundtable discussion, so my guests today will be the guinea pigs and work out the kinks, as you already noticed, but we're going to get it right eventually, so just bear with me and the Cross Yas podcast. But joining us today are former guests and wonderful human beings. We have Adelina, Egan Reigns, and Kelly Mason. Hi, ladies. Would you like to introduce yourselves again? We can start with you, Adelina. Good morning. My name is Adelina. I am a transgender individual. I was formerly on the show last summer when I was a crossdresser, and I am from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Kelly, would you like to go next? Sure. Good morning. And I'm Kelly Mason. I am a crossdresser, appeared on the show sometime in the last month or so, and live in Michigan in the Midwest. Lovely. And Megan, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, uh, my name's Megan. I'm in Texas. I did the show, what, about a year ago? And I've made a lot of progress on myself since there. Here I am. Yes, yes. All you lovely bitches. I'm so glad you're here. Anyways, we'll start with our ground rules, including for you, the Cross Yas listener, who might potentially want to be on one of these in the future, these Cross Yas roundtable discussions. So kind of like this format, I highly recommend it. But with rule number one, the main rule is the golden rule. And that is let's treat everyone with respect and understand we're here to learn and understand one another. Sorry, I'm jumping around. Uh, Treat everyone with respect in a roundtable discussion and attack ideas, not people. If I find uh, someone attacking another person, I will call it out. We're here to learn and understand one another and not hurt each other with words, you bitches. Number two, I, Giselle Mirasol, will be the moderator here, and I will give everyone about two to three minutes max to answer a question I pose or respond to someone else who has already said something. With that rule two, I would ask if you ladies could uh, please mute yourself while you're not talking, just so we can hear the other person more clearly. It's a Discord thing. When someone talks over another person, it gets the audio cut off, and it's annoying to do in post-production. But 
Uh, there's a lot of us here, and I would like if our listeners can hear each other talk more clearly. And I will be letting you know if you go over your time and, you know, we don't get too far off topic. And the final rule is let's just all have fun. I mean, if you're not having fun, why are we all here, right? Please leave. And if everyone's good with those rules, we'll start our discussion. Is everyone cool with that? Yeah? Yeah. You bet. Ready to go. Perfect, perfect. It's going to be a mute and unmute thing. Ari, I can see. <laughs> I was talking like for two, three, four minutes without even unmuting myself. But uh, we'll start with today's discussion. And we are talking about gender in relation to children's toys. And I did a little bit of research here before our discussion. And I read an NPR article entitled Sparkle Unicorns and Fart Ninjas, What Parents Can Do About Gendered Toys. In the article, they have, they reference a bunch of different um, sociology and psychology uh, professors and doctors and stuff. And one of them started with Dr. Elizabeth Sweet, who's an assistant professor in sociology and interdisciplinary social sciences at San Jose State University, uh, whose research focuses on gender and children's toys. And in the article, she talks about toy catalogs, ads over times, and toys in general are actually more gender divided than they were half a century ago. Also in the same NPR article, they referenced Dr. Rebecca Haynes, a children's media culture expert and author who wrote The Princess Problem, guiding our girls through the princess-obsessed years. In the article, she points out that Disney characters used to be more diverse. There was Cinderella, but also Pinocchio and Bambi. But in 1989, The Little Mermaid, Haynes said Disney realized profitability in girls, thus creating the juggernaut Disney princess brand. Which brings me to this past Thursday, when Hasbro announced that it would drop the Mr. from the brand's name in order to be more inclusive and so all could feel, as Hasbro put it, welcome in the potato head world. They later, they later clarified it in a tweet later that afternoon, where Hasbro clarified that while the brand is changing, the actual Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head characters will still live on and be sold in stores. In a picture posted on Twitter, the Mr. and Mrs. names are less prominently displayed at the bottom of the box instead of the top. So my first question is to you, Miss Wonderful Adelina. What were your initial thoughts on hearing about Mr. Potato Head losing its Mr. title? My first impression was that this is a nothing burger. It, personally, I, I thought that when I heard this, I thought this is very much in line with how the world is perceiving differences in not only gender, but people. First, there was, we got rid of, I don't say we, I guess we could say we as a society. We saw changes in things like the Aunt Jemima brand. And we saw different, I think as a reflection upon ourselves as a society, I thought it was a good thing. However, when I looked at my Facebook feed and my Twitter feed, and there was this giant upheaval of, oh my God, the world is out of control. Where does it all stop? <laughs> and we can talk about that a little bit later, but it, it, I guess it sort of really reminded me that as these changes have happened in society, I haven't really noticed them because I haven't followed up with it, but this one I did. And I was really concerned with how these little things sort of cause a rift in I think it's part of the healing process, but I was really sort of surprised at the outcry that happened over it, quite frankly. That was, my, I guess, my first and second take on it. Anyone else, Kelly or Megan, your initial thoughts when you first heard about, I don't know, Mr. or Mrs. Potato Head, if any of you want to talk about it. Um, I thought it was just, I don't know, kind of 
to me kind of dumb that's an issue i mean it's a plastic potato i mean what would they do to make miss potato head they just gave her some some lady hats and a purse to wear i mean what, what's really the difference between them? um so i mean i don't i don't really see a I mean, you just call it potato head. I don't care. Um, as far as like finding out about it, like I, if it wasn't posted on the server, I wouldn't have known about it. It's just so off of my radar. No one at my office has talked about it, which is weird since everyone's like super against like that kind of stuff. But me personally, I don't really, I don't see an issue. I think it could go either way. You can leave the name, the pronouns, or, or Mr. Mrs. You know, maybe they should have a. They should have another one. Just a, like a third gender potato. And Kelly, what are your thoughts on Mr. Or Mrs. Potato Head? The drama behind it. <laughs> First, can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Okay. I didn't want to talk for like three minutes, and <laughs> just wanted to make sure. So. Uh, pretty much the same. Um, my first thought was like, wait, this is, we're, this is about a, the gender of a potato. And then I thought, that's not even correct. This is a, the gender of a toy potato. <laughs> um, and what I think is super important is like representation, right? Like, I, I have I wouldn't, never had an issue about an addition or even a subtraction, I guess. But like, I think what a lot of people hear when something like this happens is like, we're get, there can't be a Mr. Potato Head. Like they feel like it's an attack on a Mr., right? But really, I feel like it should just be, hey, there, there should be more representation. Sure, and the, it's the company. <laughs> like if they wanna do it, fine. And people get so bent out of shape you mentioned Aunt Jemima, you know, and, and they talk about how they're, they want to evolve their brand and people get up in arms about it. And I'm like, am I really that invested in what they want to call their syrup? <laughs> like, let them, let them do what they want to do. It's fine. Um, so yeah, I think pretty similar thoughts. Well, I don't think it's a matter of caring what they call their syrup. I think it's a matter of when you say, when you say the word evolve, I think you were hitting the right topic here. I think the way things were created, and, and this is how the world has changed, because originally there was a Mr. Potato Head. And then to address the fact that, well, feminism movement of the 70s, they created a Miss, a Miss Potato Head, right? And now it's kind of come full circle to where, okay, there's sort of, there is still a Mr. Miss Potato Head, but just called Potato Head. Kind of laughing at myself. I never said this word "potato" so many times in my life, and it's such a short span. I've tried, um, but yeah, it's sort of evolving as the world evolves, and the blowback to that is this. I'm sure the same in the '70s when they created Mrs. Potato Head if they had a Discord server. I'm sure there would have been people saying it's the end of the world. This is this is out of hand. This is way too much. Like where does it stop? Right? I'm sure the same drama happened, but here we are back again. At another point in time when it relates to gender identity and cultural differences that really should be to your point more inclusive to everybody i think they should just sell 
the potato head with all of the accessories and let people put whatever they want on their damn potato. Well, me too, but I think that would go against their business. Look, why are they going to sell? Why would they sell one that includes everything? I mean, they could sell two. Say you have a son and a daughter, right? They can have you buy two of them. Like, I get it, but you also have to understand there's the business behind it that they would probably want to maintain those profitability kind of things. So I haven't played with the Mr. Potato Head or whatever in a long time. Uh, I, I just need to know, are the accessories, are they all like keyed? Do they only fit in Mr. Potato Head or Mrs. Potato Head? Not to my recollection, no. Yeah, I'm not aware either. I mean, it's been a very long time I think, since I played with one, but I mean, I feel like you could use the pieces on different potato head. Like they were, pro- I'm sure they used one machine to kind of mold and machine them. So, I, I think the other point I think that people should bring up or talk about is that it is a potato. <laughs> it is just you know, it's this inanimate object that you know was once living. <laughs> so people put genders on these like random objects. Like, even look at Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man. Like, are people going to, you know, say, well, we're not going <laughs> to, we're just going to have Pac. <laughs> I don't know if that's something you guys want to discuss. Go ahead. I was going to say something. Go ahead, Kelly. I don't want to jump. I don't want to jump in the front of the conversation every time. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, it's, that's kind of, you know, just how I was thinking about it. It's, it's, people get, have a reaction when they feel like, you know, oh my gosh, you're gonna like Mr. Potato Head is an institution. It's important, and then they get mad that it's gonna be taken away from them for some reason. But it, like you said, it's a potato, so it's no less or more ridiculous than the fact that we gendered it in the first place. So I think you know, again, it's people. My whole thing is people just overreact to these things and to your point they're a business and you know that they're gonna make a business-wise decision and move forward with it i mean there's been plenty of products and things that have changed over time so it's just it gets blown out of it it becomes the the hill people want to fight on right it's probably representing a much bigger bigger argument right yeah you know i think it depends on how far you want to take that argument because you can say it's just a potato or it's just a video game or it's just a baby. So where is the, and I think especially coming off the heels of the passage of the Equality Act in the House this week, which we'll see how that goes. But I think there's, I think there's a lot of frustration with people who don't understand that we, it doesn't, nothing should have gender when it's first introduced into the world, including a child. And I think this is bending a lot of people's sense of their institutional knowledge, as you would say, to how they saw things 30 years ago or 10 years ago. But, you know, I guess to those individuals and maybe even to myself is where does the conversation stop? It's just a potato. It's just potatoes don't have gender. It's just a video game. Video games don't have gender until they're programmed into it. It's just a baby. Does gender exist? before it is assigned by parents in society. Great points, guys. I really like it. I really like it. But the other part about it, too, is 
is kids, right? You know, I think you talked about babies, Adelina, but like is introducing or not introducing the titles for Mr. and Mrs. on a toy, whether it's, you know, I don't know, fucking, uh, you know, battle bots or fucking princesses or whatnot, and which what this kind of article alludes to. But do you guys find that important to to get rid of that for toys for kids? Do you think that's, an, you know, I could ask a child developmental like psychologist the same question, but to you, to you ladies, well, what do you think about that in terms of kids? Megan, do you want to start about that? Yeah. I think that, like, there's certain things that I think would be kind of ridiculous to get rid of some kind of gendered notion to it. Like, like if you took a princess something or another and you took the princess away, what is it? Just a person? Just a dress or just whatever? Or, you know, there's a lot of things that you see in the toy aisles that they gender that clearly anybody should could play with or have fun with, like... I always see like cooking sets or cleaning. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't want to play with cleaning supplies, but like cleaning toys or I don't know, just stuff like that. Like, why, like why, why shouldn't my niece be able to play with some Transformers toys or or something like cars or something? Maybe she's really into cars. Why? Why does that have to be so such a, a manly thing? Yeah, kind of on the same wavelength there. I think that, full disclosure first, I don't have kids. (laughs) So obviously experiences are different for different people. And I think back to like my childhood, though, and we're all going to be exposed to gender in some aspect, no matter what. We can't, I mean, it does exist, (laughs) right? Like there are different genders. But... That's where I think more representation, more inclusion. I mean, let's use the potato head example. And there is, by default, with a Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head existing, and we talked about the pieces fitting, like, that could represent to some child out there that, hey, I can use the female pieces on the male, the Mr. Potato Head. So I I don't think getting rid of gender (laughs) representation is necessarily the answer it's we need more right there should be and when you talk about toys in general like yeah we we need to evolve from the girls toy aisle being all pink and the boys toy aisle being all blue but that doesn't mean there shouldn't be barbies or gi joes i agree i'm sorry i forgot what the question was but <laughs> i kind of i was i was listening to your beautiful statements but then i forgot what the question was I'm having the same issue, by the way, just in terms of I need more coffee. So, Yeah, and, and my next question would be to you, Kelly, was the question I said to you. Um, in the article, Lisa Danella, a gender studies professor at Monmouth University, said, with a gun, you can be really, really aggressive, or you can be just shooting targets. Equally, a princess game could be all about being pretty, or it could have a sophisticated plot. And Rosemary Truglio, a developmental psychologist and vice president of education and research for Sesame Workshop, which is the nonprofit organization behind Sesame Street, she says, when there's no variety to a child's play, that's a huge red flag. For example, if your child wants to play with only toy guns and the play is always aggressive, that could be a sign for you as a parent to step in and find out what's really troubling the child. So again, that's my question to you, Kelly. I think you talked about it a little bit, just like, you know, you should have more toys or have more 
things <laughs> for gender for toys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I think, I mean, I would agree with that statement, right? If if the the it's just it, we could use video games. If you know, I don't. We've never. Most of us have never believed that violent video games actually cause violence, but it could mean something if the only games your child wanted to play were about death and destruction, right? <laughs> like that could be something to perk up to and, and pay attention to. Um, and then I think, again, just having the opportunity to be exposed to, to different toys and, and different colors and different, you know, things are more feminine or masculine in, in society. And um, <clears throat> so I think where what would really be helpful is, you know, you see more talk about commercials and advertising what will, let me say, a feminine toy. That sounded <laughs> really <laughs> a little different than I thought it would, but I think everybody knows what I'm saying. Um, but like include boys in that commercial, right? Include non-binary children in those commercials and let children see less of like this is a girl thing and that is strictly a boy thing and if you like this it means something um i think that's the real i think yeah like representing more of that would be more impactful than just changing the toys themselves and then i don't even know how much of an answer to that question that was like i said i need more coffee no it all, it all sort of makes sense it's a continuum so like I remember, like when you started seeing, uh, um, I got the current word. Um, I don't, I don't want to say disabled because that's an old term. But when you started seeing children in like wheelchairs and commercials and toy commercials, that, that the same outrage happened, the same confusion is like, well, you know, where does it all end? I, I don't think there's a better example of a non-gendered activity or thing that children do than say a playground, right? A playground. Everybody has the same experience and everything gets along fine, but it comes to think we do these more commodity sort of things like these Mr. Potato Heads and these Barbie dolls where this conversation starts. And I think there's some, I think there's some truth behind girls do pink things and boys do blue things. I, 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 and I don't think, I think, from what I've observed, and, and, I, and I don't want to pay the children card because I do have two children, I have a boy and a girl, that I've seen this thing happen without the guidance of adulthood or the adults being around them. When they get into society, I think some things get muddled. I've seen my daughter play with, uh, you know, Lego dart guns or not like, what are they, Nerf dart guns. And I've seen my son play with, you know, um, cooking sets throughout the course of their lives. It's not that they don't like to do that. It's just that, I don't know. I, I think after a while, they send, tend to gravitate more towards what you would traditionally think of gender norms for play. As far as something like a Mr. Potato Head at that age, and that's a very young age, uh, there's really no difference. You could buy a boy a Mr. Potato Head da, and you could buy a girl a Mr. Potato Head da, and they would simply play with it as if they would because I think at that age they're not really gender aware. It's just, you know, 
it just didn't seem to be all that complicated at that age. As they got older and into video games and into sort of gender role that their friends were playing, I think that was sort of a more of a weight upon what they chose to do more so than how society, unless, well, I guess unless you include society as their friends, um, what they chose to play with as they aged a little bit. Yeah, I think I think more representation, like Kelly said, in like commercials and advertisements would really go a long way. Just just you know, just if you saw some some boy kid playing house or something on TV, I think that would go a long way. I mean, at least for maybe one kid, I think if 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 one kid saw that and it made them feel better about themselves. I think that would be a positive thing. Kelly, I wanted to ask you the question though, with, with so many toys and with child development, is there a, a downside to being exposed to too many toys or too many genders or too many labels for a child? I don't know your thoughts on that. Oh gosh. I mean, definitely a high level question <laughs> because like I said, I don't have children and I'm certainly not like a child psychologist, but <sighs> I mean, sure, I think it could be confusing. I would think, like, if I did have a child and I, I wanted them to be exposed to different, you know, all, all different things so they could have the, the data to make their own decisions eventually, um, I would think one thing I would want to encourage them is that, like, they don't <laughs> have to make... They don't have to know all of these things, right? Like if you're eight or nine years old, I, I would think I would want my child to understand like, you know, it's okay to like these different things. It, and you don't have to know what your favorite is. You don't have to make a decision that this is what it's going to be forever. Like experience these things and it might change over time. You might love this right now and eventually you just love something else. So. Um, in terms of a danger and too many, I mean, I think we're already <laughs> all kind of just, you know, mass consumption, right? Like, just there's so much of everything thrown at us. So I'm sure it has its downsides, but I think we're already kind of living that. Catalina or Megan, do you guys see any downsides to this? I, I, I don't think there's it. Children are extremely capable of processing as much as you throw at them like they 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 absorb it and i think as they are exposed to it earlier in life i think it makes it easier later in life to where it you know the gender discussion moves beyond toys and it may move to their friends or they may move to the parents of their friends which is you know always a concern and, and i would like to think that the, the broader their exposure with everything um, the more capable they are as adults later in life to handle situations that are different outside of the blue and the pink. So I, I don't, I, I just, I haven't found a limit to what a child will understand if presented to them in a positive manner. This is, I mean, if maybe there's one out there, but I haven't found it in my experience so far. If the kids are having fun playing what they're playing with, let them play with it. What's that hurting? Were you, um, ladies, anyone can answer this, but, you know, we were all kids once, right? We had toys and 
there were things that you know we we enjoyed and really loved um do you feel that if you had i don't know less exposure or to these kind of toys that they would alter your thinking or how you feel like did any of those toys influence how you are today <laughs> yeah i i mean i i had a tough i my choices were very limited right so i have three brothers um i come from a traditionally catholic background the gender roles were sort of built into culture at that point. So it's hard for me to answer. Like I didn't have that moment where I had maybe a sister who would do this and I would, you know, be attracted to those. So it's difficult for me to answer that because I can only speak to the person that I am today. Um, maybe if somebody else here had a brother or sister or they had those, I mean, I remember sort of like when we did like summer camps, I'd like the more crafty sort of things that we did. Like I could make like potholders all day, right? <laughs> Out of like yarn or whatever. But um, I think generally from a day-to-day -day childhood, I, I feel as though I'm a little bit limited in that sort of exposure to different things. So it's hard to feel how I would feel if I had a different experience. I don't know if I would, how I would feel now if I had a different experience with toys or playing growing up. Because I, like, I, I remember I used to always go out to my parents' friend's house, and they had a daughter who I always played with. We always played, like, house. I don't remember which role I played. That was so long ago. But, like, I, I don't know. I don't... That's, that's such a hard thing to imagine, just, like, an alternative timeline timeline in my life. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean... My experience, you know, I, I played outside a lot when I was younger, everything from hide and seek to kick the can to building forts and trees. And um, I mean, I, in my neighborhood, it was like predominantly boys. So that's, you know, we, were, we played football and basketball, all those things. Um, and I loved it. <laughs> I absolutely, I mean, I loved sports. And then video games were a part of my growing up. And <clears throat> I would, say that if one thing probably was impactful a little bit it was actually as i was probably in my teenage years and really not <laughs> engaging in exploring my gender i was more focused on playing sports and my friends and being cool but video games you know as as you got to like the playstation playstation 2 the first xbox like you started to have access to like female characters and like that started to spark something in my brain. Um, I felt like, so it was, there was like an impactful thing, but like I loved all the toys I had access to as a kid. Like I was the biggest Ghostbusters fan ever. So like I had every Ghostbusters toy and like, um, I don't feel like, those like affected my thoughts on gender like i just enjoyed playing with them in the movies and pretending did, did, did anybody here not fall in love with laura croft the first tomb raider came out i was like oh wow look at this this is different <laughs> like you know i'm not this clunky pixelated guy running around doing stuff i'm this i'm this strong female i'm gonna i can get things done i'm, I'm look at me i'm shooting things and killing bears and I just thought like that was like a, I think when it came to video games and, and identity, it was just a, it was a big deal for me. I mean, I, maybe I'm alone in that thought. Yeah, n not at all. Um, it, for me, like I said, it was, it, 
I was acting as if, right? Like I was controlling them and I was, it had a female persona and Lara Croft was definitely um, probably like that first game. And then, you know, a lot of the fighting games started to have female characters. And um, I mean, also the game I remember, Tiger Woods. <laughs> you can make like a female golfer and like it had a ton of options for, you know, your your clothing and everything. So like, those things definitely, you know, it had started juices flowing in my brain <laughs> to really start thinking, you know, about a lot of things. And um, so, yeah, totally agree. I totally forget. I'm sorry. I'm not, and I'll let you speak. I just want to say, I totally forgot about Tiger Woods' customization characters. And I would spend like hours creating outfits for it. So, like, I hadn't thought about that in years. I'm glad you brought that back up. It gives me like a little money. A little bit, not my youth so much because I'm ancient as fuck, but a little bit of that sort of, I forgot all about how wonderful that felt as an experience. I don't know about um, Tiger Woods, create a character or customizations or whatever, but give me some wrestling games and their creative characters and I could definitely go to town. Um, I have definitely made lots of characters that my friends never saw. Um, yeah, that was that was really nice for expressing things and figuring things out. But wouldn't it be nice to where that sort of happened at the potato head age instead of in your teens or in your 20s? Like, it shouldn't be a revelation at the age that it was a revelation for me, like that these things existed. And so I'd like to bring it back to the potato hub part of it. Like, do you think that was sort of like if if. And I don't like playing the if game, but just as a little thought experiment, if gender didn't exist for your playthings when you were younger, and even Lego has kind of branched out a little bit, where they had the Lego Friends brand, which is sort of my girls, and I have found in my experience that girls really like build those things because they have puppies and kittens and stuff with it. But if everything was sort of more streamlined as a youth experience, would it be easier to say, okay, I, I don't need to hide these wrestling characters or this golfer in my video games that I'm playing with my friend later in life or in your sort of like everybody's a jerk middle school years, right? Yeah, that's a great point because it, if you leave it to the child, like if, if they want to assign gender to the toy, they will, right? They'll let them name it or let them, you know, explore their own imagination versus being told what gender this is. That's a really good point. I love this. I love that we're all getting really into it. <laughs> it's really good. So many points to bring up. I love the video game aspect because like you, Megan, I played a lot of wrestling games and I customized the hell out of my so-called blocky face. <laughs> it was supposed to be a man in a male face on a woman's body. But I'll go back to um, kind of just going back to our questions. And I think you guys talked a little bit about it, but a good point I want to bring up, um, and they bring up in the article is banning a toy and in the article um truglio the person who works with sesame street she says that i don't think banning anything is the answer she found this out the hard way as a mom herself she says at first we had the rule no toy guns in our home but she realized that all her young son's friends were playing with them typically in the hallway of their apartment building and she also says that group play and the friendship that comes with it are so important for kids and she believes that by allowing the toy gun with conditions, 
is fine. But if and she says that if you say no, the odds are that the toy will become even more coveted. And to Megan, uh, your thoughts on banning a toy for a boy or a girl to play with or, you know, anyone to play with. What are your thoughts? I think there could be some good reasons to ban a toy. My mind comes to like lawn darts. Um, that's not really specifically like gendered or anything, but that's like pretty dangerous. But as far as like banning toy guns or I don't know any of those things, I don't think that's I don't think it's that necessary. Kids are going to make a gun somehow. They're going to you know they use their fingers as a gun. I did that a lot. Yeah, I don't think that's like like I think like she said, it would just make them want it more probably, especially if they see it like in the store walking by and all their friends are playing with the nerf guns or bb guns or whatever yeah they're just they're just gonna want it more or if they don't get it through their parents they're gonna get it through their friends or some other way i think banning trying trying to ban a toy in a house i think it has limited success and and as i don't to, to your point group play is so important oh so, uh for example my son is uh, middle school years he his entire social life revolves around whatever multiplayer shooter is out. First it was Fortnite, and then it was Apex Legends, and then it was Overkill, or not Overkill, what's like Overwatch, and then now it's um I forget it's, it's like Call of Duty or something he's playing now, right? So like to exclude him from those games on the basis that there's content that some people might not agree with is not the path to take. The path to take is understand that this is a this is a video game and things aren't real it's and it's not it's not a reflection letting them play with something isn't a reflection of who they're going to become let them play with play with something should be a reflection of who they already are and i think as long as those kind of i don't know thoughts philosophies i I don't know the word i'm looking for but as long as they understand as long as the group play is like it's part of their social life building i think i'm fine with it i yeah, I wouldn't buy my daughter a you know fire pit as a toy and go here, go some matches and go play with it. From a safety matter to the lawn dart sort of example, but as far as like trying to ban it on the basis of this is too masculine or this is too feminine is a dangerous approach to take. For the record, I think a fire pit toy would be pretty cool. For the record, I really miss lawn darts. <laughs> I chuckled when you said lawn darts. Um, <laughs> that definitely brought back memories i was really young but i've seen those um it's one of those like it's so fun but uh, like so dangerous (laughs) um but no my like general philosophy is like the the banning or prohibition of things is generally not successful um but you know i don't think we need to like be mass marketing toy assault rifles to kids either um so I grew up around real guns, like rifles, hunting rifles, and like was absolutely taught to respect them and like educated about them and honestly like had a fear of them instilled in me that still is with me to today. I don't own a gun because I don't feel I, I need to, but at the same time I do, you know, and this is getting off the toy thing, but like I do think I should be able to if I wanted to. But my point is, is that I think more like education, certain things instead of like, 
pushing them away and trying to keep them out of sight because like you said earlier like they they are going to be exposed to things eventually yeah i think some people tend to think or correlate or you know kind of say correlate like oh men or boys tend to be more unsafe or <laughs> kind of join unsafe things like you know they'll run around the house or jump and like pretend they're like shooting people or whereas girls will play house uh, like megan did and you'll just be safer i don't know if that's like a in terms of like banning like you're not supposed to do that for safety i think is fine you know if, especially with lawn darts you guys are <laughs> really into the lawn darts i've ne never heard of it but it sounds dangerous you're in the lawn and you're playing darts kind of sounds tough but um do you think it's more of a safety thing? Like, do you think people are in the right to say, well, you're a girl, you're not supposed to play that because that's dangerous, right? Dangerous is the key word when they talk about, um, you know, we're supposed to protect these boys and girls from not being in these like unsafe situations. But you're like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not unsafe at all. It's just respective of their thing. I don't know if any of you want to jump in on that kind of talk. I don't think it matters. I, I really, I don't know any parents of my children's ages that have come to me and said, we don't want your son playing with my daughters, or I don't want my daughter, your, your daughter playing with my sons just on the basis of, because it's not the girly thing or boy thing to do. That may have been sort of a thing back in the 1950s, like a half a century ago. But I think the world has moved beyond that. What I find is the kids sort of more self-regulate themselves because and, and it, I don't want to call it the social pressure, but it's just simply because that's what their friends are doing. My daughter is a little bit more expansive in her different play that she does with different boys and girls, as my, where my son is just sort of like knuckle dragging his way through his teenage years. And uh, but even as they age, I think they just they just find that they don't want to do the things she finds that she doesn't want to do things that the boys want to do. And sometimes it's because, to your point, it is a lot of roughhousing, like. Oh, there's three boys on a trampoline with no shirts on. They're just tackling each other. She doesn't want to be a part of that. And I can understand that from both a, a physical safety standpoint and just simply because she doesn't want to, you know, bounce around on a trampoline with three boys with shirts on, you know, their shirts off. So, but I don't see it. I don't think it's almost like when they speak of society at that age, it's their own society. It's not so much. I think adults spend a lot of time talking about creating a society around children to be safe. And, and it seems like, they find their own society. They build their own at this age. And when I speak their age, she's nine at this age. Callie or Megan, do you guys have any thoughts on safety <laughs> or the dangerousness of exposing boys or girls to traditionally boys things? Um, I mean, like, a, you know, I don't have children. So in terms of the experience of a parent, I don't know. But I think my own experience was kind of like that. Like, I as a child it was more natural and comfortable to be around boys and you know girls are like we interacted and you know but we weren't hanging out all the time because it just kind of was i think what was natural um and i've seen in like you know friends and stuff that have children where like the boys are definitely more rambunctious um so I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't have like a strong opinion. I don't think having kids or not having kids, I feel a little bit, I feel a little bit um, overpowered because I do have children and everybody here doesn't. 
however, it's still worthy talking about, even if you just give yourself a little thought experiment, because I find that some people have a lot of opinions who aren't part of a social group or as a situation. So you can have very strong feelings about a lot of things. And it's important to sort of take that time because someday maybe you will or will not have children, right? Or you have nieces and nephews and you have to sort of understand where the parents are coming from when, because these discussions come up and you, you know, it's good to have sort of thought your own opinions about it, even if you're not, you know, even if you don't have children right now, I think it's, I think it's a benefit to society that everybody sort of forms these opinions and can get into a discussion and, and being like, I can have discussions about um, immigration, but I'm not an immigrant. It's just being able to empathize or see the other side of the conversation is sort of important, even if you're not participating in that particular thing. I think plus to your point too, Adelina, I think we were all kids once and it's easy to impose our own like ideas or wills on kids today. And, you know, I've always, I've caught myself <laughs> saying, I can't believe kids are doing this these days in my day. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> that's when, you know, you're like, God damn it. I'm, I am of that age where you're already kind of like thinking that we are totally different generations, but it's also like, no, we're not like, and that's why we have these thoughts and ideas about like Mr. And Mrs. Potato head already thinking like, well, how can they do that with gendering of potatoes? Like we, in my day, we were, they just called a Mr. And Mrs. Potato head. And you know, I don't know. I don't even think in my day there was a Mrs. Potato head. Like I am, I, I predate the whole Miss Potato head thing, but I'm much older, I believe in, in most people on this call, if not everybody. Um, so yeah, how I see things through the optics of my own youth in say, a while ago, like <laughs> let's uh, call it, let's call it the bad fashion years of and disco years of of society is probably very different than say somebody who maybe thirty two or twenty seven may see things. It, it, for me, it's a it's it's so much different. But for for the younger um, people on this call, maybe, maybe not maybe not as much as I see it. Do kids even play with toys anymore? Like I only see them playing with phones and tablets, and I, like I kind of feel like that's an issue. Cause that like really like gets them sucked in that device and out of their environment, out of their world, which I guess as a parent could be a good thing depending on the situation. But overall, I think it's a bad thing. You're, you're talking about just like, just tablets are a bad thing or just going away from toys is a bad thing. Like kids playing with tablets and phones, like as that's their prime source of any kind of entertainment like they don't go outside they just they're just on their phones all the time like they have their headphones in and they're zoned in so much um i got i deal this with a lot with my niece and nephew like we go like anytime i'm with them we go out anywhere or i go to their house they're on their phone headphones in it's, it's just, i don't know it's, it's like for me it's really hard to deal with just like being around them around how old are they megan Currently, they're well, one of them's a freshman in high school, the other one's in middle school. But this has been going on for as long as they've been alive, pretty much. Yeah. And that's sort of, I think that's more of a parenting discussion. And I think maybe it falls outside the scope of gender. I, I'm going to agree with you and be happy to take it to the mean girls table sometime. But I don't know. I, I think, in terms, I think both boys and girls at that age, that's, that's, that the reality is that's a lot of their social life. Now, I, 
I limit that sort of thing, and I always have, but uh, I've always thought there's a lot of value in the tactile play of something like a Mr. Potato Head or a Mrs. Potato Head or Legos or Lego Friends, they're called now, the girls' brands. So, yeah, I would share that concern, but I think both boys and girls are equal in their ways of just using the phones as their life, um, even if it's done in different ways. It blows my mind how young some of them can be, and it's essentially master the technology. And I have a nephew that I know has spent some money <laughs> before. And it's, I, in my head, I'm like, figured that out? <laughs> I think that means you're just becoming a dinosaur like me. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to deliver that news. Oh, I recognize I have way too many get-off-my-lawn moments already. <laughs> like an old, old woman shaking her fist at the clouds. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Fortunately, I still catch myself. I mean, that's good. <laughs> I feel like as we do age, we're, we're going to criticize the current culture and the current way of doing things, because obviously the way we did things was the greatest way ever. So, <laughs> you know, we're, we never like change, even if it does help improve. And I guess it brings me to this point, and we'll talk a little bit about what Megan brought up with tablets, because I think that's really important and, and, and technology. But in the like final focus point that they talk about in the article, they talk and say that the good news is that we may be getting a little more help from pop culture. Characters like the powerful Elsa, the adventurous Moana, Wonder Woman, and then Captain Marvel, played by Brie Larson, are pushing the envelopes for female heroines. Another Danella study suggests that they are having an impact. She asked preschoolers, both boys and girls, to describe themselves and also to describe what they knew about princesses. Not surprisingly, they described princesses as a typical girly girl who needs to be rescued. Researchers then showed the children video clips of more recent princesses like Merida from Brave, taking action and being more powerful. Then they asked the same questions again. Watching those images changed the children's perceptions of princesses, and it changed the kids' own self-descriptions too. After seeing princesses being powerful, both the girls and the boys described themselves as more multidimensional. They said, I am strong, I am powerful, I am a leader, but also I am caring and I share. In other words, when kids anywhere on the gender spectrum, or like we say, gender scatterplot, uh, they spend time with characters who are more complex. It can change the way they see themselves. Julio sums it up this way. Kids play what they see. If you can see it, you can play it. And then one day you can be it. So to you ladies, if you guys want to go into this topic, any one of you just wants to jump in, what do you think about that? Well, I think it definitely goes to what I was saying earlier. Just more representation is going to be impactful, you know, in, in all forms. And I don't, I just, I don't think we need to, you know, ban the other side, like, or go back in time and change Mario so that it's Princess Peach rescuing Mario. It would be pretty cool if somebody, like, made it an option, though. But, yes, more representation. Um, I've heard my own nephew, like, rave about Elsa and Frozen, and, like, I think that's super cool because there wasn't as much of that when I was growing up. So it, there definitely was that narrative, like, you know, it's men, men rescue women, right? Princesses are meant to be pretty and rescued. And so seeing more of that, I think is just awesome. So I find it so confusing when I see the same discussion going on the same place where 
yeah, let's make, and maybe it's a binary thing to where, yeah, it's great that there's the Elsas and the Moanas of the world and the, the, the presentation of the female lead character is not this damsel in distress anymore. So I don't see why everybody thinks that's a wonderful thing, yet when we try to sort of separate the barriers on a more physical level, like the elimination of the Mr. and the Mrs. designation from the potato, if, if, if we want to accept the characteristics as being gender neutral, we can be adventurous and sensitive and wonderful and caring and brave, right? Why is that such a wonderful thing? Yet let's remove a Mr. and a Mrs. from a package that becomes like, it's, it's like the Death Star just became within sight of the Earth and it's going to explode everything, right? That's such a problem for everybody. I think that has to do with some nostalgia. Probably some of these older older people who grew up on Mr. Potato Head. They're like, no, they're going to change my childhood by making him not Mr. Potato Head anymore. So I, people fear change like that. Because it, it, I think they... Maybe they think it will change how they see themselves in a way. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, those are great points. I do think, you know, we overreact as a society when something like that tries to have, you know, the removing the label from the packages. It's, it should be just as wonderful, you know, without question. But I'm glad you mentioned nostalgia because, you know, I'm in marketing and, and nostalgia sells. People, you know, are nostalgic about all sorts of things and i think it's viewed as like the anti-nostalgia right and but that's not what it is you know those i think people are taking that a little too far like that's definitely how they feel but it, it shouldn't be so yeah i think it should be just as wonderful to say hey you know what potato head is just potato head <laughs> yeah and i think i think Megan, I think what you're trying to say, if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, is it, it's it's a nostalgia thing. But I think some people are threatened that it invalidates their own experience as youth. So yeah, because I played with the Mr. Potato Head, and and it's funny because some of the a lot of the outcry I see isn't coming from people who have very young children that will play with these toys. It is people who either haven't had kids, or uh, have kids who are maybe you know teenagers or grown adults in some points, and all of a sudden they're chiming in like. Like, oh, what's the world coming to? Because it sort of like, it challenges their own version of nostalgia or maybe it, back in, not, not only my day, back in my kids' days, this wasn't a thing and blah, 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 blah. Um, and it, that, it, I just think it's like, that was sort of, and we, to get back to the beginning of the discussion, my first reaction, again, nothing burger, my secondary reaction when I saw all of this controversy around it and all of this, it's, it's, He's, it's, I think it really unmasked a lot of people's. I don't want to. I, I want to call it transphobia, but I don't because I don't want to accuse people of that out of line. But you see, sort of where sort of the fractures lie in people's frustration with not understanding what everything is all about when it says Mister and Miss Pithead is just Pithead now. Like, what does that mean on a deeper level than a rebranding of a toy by a marketing company? You know, they could always just re-release like a throwback special edition mr potato head what's that like a throwback jersey of toys to sell more out i don't i think i don't think they i think in this particular instinct or uh, case i don't think they could probably do that without getting everybody upset to be honest with you 
No, it's easy. You do just like the old retro 70s packaging or whatever. I don't know, 80s, whatever, whatever decade you want to pick. Doesn't really matter. But I mean, I've seen this with other things like board games. I've seen like retro versions of like life or, you know, other things like that. Well, yeah, but things like life and Monopoly and I don't know, whatever games there are, aren't inherently gender based other than the character on the front of the whatever the Monopoly guy is. Uh, I forget his name. Um, it, so Potato Head and Barbies and things like that would be a little bit more tricky to pull that off with, I think. And I think, I mean, there's a lot of things to touch that you guys all talked about. Um, but I think part of nostalgia is is also important to notice like what we don't want anymore. <laughs> and I think maybe that's my, might have been what Hasbro was thinking. Like we don't need to, you know, add titles of Mr. or Mrs. to a potato anymore because today's generation is more woke. <laughs> and, and so it's like they, that might have been some of the thinking that they wanted to do. Um, the other thing that I think I'll touch on, we should all touch on another episode because um, I don't want to get too far into here is I think when Megan was talking about with, with kids on tablets and um, devices, and that includes even us, that we're on our devices like 24-7, I think that will fundamentally change um, children development and it already has and i think us seeing that as adults and we're already thinking like holy crap what is this going to do to our kids development i think it's going to be a huge change moving forward and it's our again we've already seen it today so um just things to think about um yeah i don't know what do you guys think kids will do what their friends are doing generally and that's where the role of adults come in right because I, you know, one of my one, one of my favorite stories I like to tell is that uh, a friend of mine uh, is knows this skater compound out in Illinois or something, and this guy is all about letting his sons basically free range kids, and he gave his son at the age of thirteen the option to name himself, which is a great thing. I think <clears throat> if you think of it a little older, everybody should have the ability to. You should have a one off name yourself. You shouldn't have to live your life with the name that you're assigned by people you don't know. So the 13-year-old renamed himself to like Skullface Hellfire. That's his legal name now. So I think if you let children do what they want without guidance and without boundaries and without rules, you'll get this is this is sort of the outcome you may get. Um, and we can talk about like I said, devices and tablets and games and video games and conversations. And I think that's a broader sort of issue. Um, I've always managed to limit it somewhat, but other people's experiences are different and we're going to see how that works you know in 10 years we'll see how that worked out i guess yeah I, that's a super <laughs> intense topic for sure because i mean like you said it's it's all of us and the technology i mean we are basically cyborgs at this point because we run our lives through the device in our hand it's just it's not permanently attached to us literally yet but Definitely a crazy topic. Megan, you have anything to add to that? Uh, not off the top of my head. I think I've, for the moment, I think I've said what I need to say. Very true, very true. So as like any, you know, we've talked for over an hour or so, um, which I think is a pretty good amount of time for people to still want to listen to. Any final kind of thoughts regarding gendering of toys that you ladies want to add or things that we've talked about or if you want to comment on someone else's comment that they've talked about, you can add here. I think it's important to remember and be respectful that everybody had different backgrounds. So when it comes to things like, I want to say 
degendering toys and seeing how characters are presented in the 2021 or wherever right now is going to have profound um, impacts on people who have different experiences. So as much as there was an outrage about the Mr. Potato Head controversy, one, I was, I was incredibly taken back by the response that I saw by some people that I was not expecting it from. And two, it really has made me want to understand why they feel that way. And I think that's a, a, I would be happy to have that conversation with anybody that I know. Like, why are you so upset about this? And I think that's the next conversation that should happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, which is unfortunate. I just say thank you to everybody here for the conversation. And I was enlightened um, on more than a few points. So I thought it was great. And I think the conversation is ultimately just being had is what is, is super helpful. So I've enjoyed this. I think companies are going to do whatever they want to do, regardless of the outcry of some older folks or whoever whoever it is. This has been really fun. I do want to point out something Kelly said earlier about Princess Peach not saving Mario or some game about that. Uh, there was a game that was on the DS called Super Princess Peach. I never played it. It looked pretty fun, though. Now you are going to have me shopping on Amazon. I think that's where all discussions always happen every night. We had somebody's going to be shopping on Amazon by the time. This just feels like it's like the end of the Discord. Either we're shopping on Shein for clothes or... We're looking at Amazon for something. All right, who's going to start sharing the screen? Let's see it. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, ladies, for being on this first ever Cross Yes Roundtable. I think this is a good amount of people. I think three people was definitely enough that we got enough people to, you know, inflect and talk about whatever um, you guys want to talk about. I was able to pose a question to you. I think you guys pretty much had, you guys never went over three minutes. Well done. Well done, by the way. All of you guys. That was amazing. And as far as the topic, I think. I think what Megan said, companies are going to do what they're going to do. And I know it's weird, but like it might have felt like an advertisement by kind of removing or saying you're going to remove the word Mr. from it. And like you said, like you nobody talked about Mr. Potato Head in fucking years, like until Thursday. And everyone's like, hey, what? You're getting rid of the Mr. part? What? How dare you? And then there's really good memes like for Hasbro, they were going to say they were going to get rid of the word bro. <laughs> it was just going to be called Has, which is kind of funny. So um yeah any uh i mean thank you ladies that was amazing amazing thank you so much for inviting me yeah you had a wonderful time it's always good to talk to you it's always good to talk to everybody who has been part of the shared experience so thanks for the opportunity for me to ramble on as i want to do yes thank you thanks again nice meeting you kelly nice meeting everybody and finally the miscellany yes and that was the end of my first ever roundtable discussion with such amazingly fantastic, wonderful guests, Adelina, Megan, and Kelly Mason. I love that we actually kept on topic and didn't stray too far away. That was one of my biggest fears in doing this, but to my surprise, I think we all did a great job. I still don't know what lawn darts are, because that shit sounds dangerous. I also might want to look into that Tiger Woods game, because, I don't know, I wonder how I never got into that as a kid. I love sports games, and as a kid, I just played a lot of wrestling games. And I really enjoyed customizing my characters. Plus, I mean, I love golf, so how could I really even miss that game? But yeah, Mr. Potato Head, 
What are your thoughts on it? What are your own thoughts on gendering of toys for children? What did you think about this new format? Personally, I found this format to be a nice change of pace than the typical episode here on the Cross Yas podcast, but that's just me. I would love to know what you think. Email me your feedback, Giselle at CrossYasPodcast.com. DM me on Instagram at CrossYasPodcast. Or, you know, find me on Discord, our CrossYas Confidential, which is on our website. Or just find me on Discord under Rochi underscore Mochi pound 7325. Fuck, I did 10 episodes this month. What the fuck? I mean, that's almost three a week. Shit, it's even more than that. Oh, I know, it's, it's, it's almost three a week. And this is a short month, too, so I don't know. Maybe forgive me if I take a week off, but who knows? I really can't get away from you cross the yas, listener, so maybe I'll be back next week. Anyways, I'm seriously pretty tired. I love you. So happy to have you as a supporter. See you on our Discord, probably even tonight. And until next time, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, you're gorgeous. Again, guys, I'm not here to diagnose or treat anything. I'm just here to share my story. Have others come on the podcast to share their story to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender a bit more. Mm-hmm.